everybody, Beth Wee, and we're talking today about loss. We're on part two of a podcast. You can pick up right here if you've never listened to the first one, but if you'd like to go back and listen to that first one, we talked about some important parts of dealing with loss. It's instinctive. We talked about instinct. It's instinctive to avoid pain. It's It, it was put in us by creation to, to preserve us and help us blossom in this world. We talked about limited beliefs. When we believe something because of a bad experience doesn't mean it's a real truth. It just means that we act as if it is a real truth. We live as if it is a real truth. Those limited beliefs can be challenged and it will be life-changing if you do that work. The third thing we talked about is vulnerability. And we were talking about vulnerability when we left off last time, because we started talking about opening yourself up and letting people in. And yeah, there's a risk of being hurt. And that's what vulnerability means, that you, you, you don't have the Teflon coating that you've worked so hard to thicken throughout your life and that you actually have a chink in your armor. And that's a good thing. <laughs> but we're going to talk about emotions. Emotions are an important part of the human experience. They are the lowest part of our psyche, so they are not meant to direct us and make our final decisions based on those. But emotions will give us insight into how something makes us feel, how easily we'll be able to integrate a thing, how um, we should move forward. Uh, when we should communicate. Emotions are really good indicators that there needs to be more communication in a relationship. But for many of us, we were taught that the emotions could be used against us. I used a few terms in the last one. Oh, you're such a brave little boy. Look at you holding up. Instead of saying, I just want to fall apart here. And I I just, I don't know what to do. I'm faking it. Um, we didn't know how to communicate that. And then we got rewarded for not showing our real emotion. So we learned that could be a good thing. And then the, on the other hand, we had some of us that grew up with, oh, I'll give you something to cry about. You're going to cry about that? I'll give you something to cry about. And that we were afraid to feel our emotions in front of people. However it came to be, it's not even always the people in authority it's how we responded to them, how we tried to please them, how we perceived them that changed how we deal with our emotions today. You know, I wrote a little children's book called Box of Feelings, and it's a children's book for adults, <laughs> basically, because it's mostly us. And once we've gotten this far in life and we're, we're old enough to know better, but we don't. We have a feeling, we stuff it in our box of, of, of feelings. And it could be disappointment. We don't want the person to know we were disappointed. So we stuff it in our box of feelings and we act like everything's okay. It could be happiness. And we don't want to give that person, you know, the, the power of making us happy. So we stuff it in our box of emotions and we don't let them know that we're pleased. Whatever it is, we learn to stuff feelings in this box. Well, in the book, it tells sometimes when this box of feelings gets full, it ruptures and it bursts open and it comes out as anger. 
It doesn't matter what you, you could have stuffed in sadness, but it's coming out as anger. If you stuffed in disappointment, it's coming out as anger too. Because the box of feelings works best when it's kept empty. That's the moral of the children's book. Feel your emotions when you feel them. So that's that's the third the, the third word I brought up was emotions. You know, uh, being vulnerable means showing your emotions. And, and it's time to explore those. We need to come to recognize our emotions and know what they feel like. Many of us never learned this skill. <laughs> we told our inner child to shut up and, and they just stayed inside and pouted. And we just went on about our life as if they weren't even there. We need to get in touch with that inner child that was taught to shut down and encourage that little guy or little girl to speak up. Uh, three methods that I recommend for coaxing those feelings to come out is one. The first one is journaling. I cannot tell you the benefits of journaling. I know you're not a journaler. I know you don't want to sit down. I'm just telling you, if you try it, it will work. Something about pen on paper, tangible evidence that you want something to change. Your psyche downloads and it just unloads. Um, so journaling is a really important uh, method. I believe in 12-step groups, uh, recovery groups like CODA, AA, Al-Anon, uh, Gamblers Anonymous, any of those 12-step groups that get you in touch with being able to talk about your feelings openly. And, he, and you, will, you don't have to say a thing. You'll just hear other people talk about their emotions openly and you'll be like, but I feel that too, but I've never had the courage to say it out loud. And you'll see that it's normal, that those feelings you've been having all these years, they're normal. They don't have to be trapped inside you. So I, I do like the 12-step groups. And then I'm going to say it, prayer and meditation. You know, the higher power is crazy about you and is just waiting for the minute for you to give him a shot. It doesn't have to be like the religious people say. It doesn't have to be a bunch of laws. It doesn't have to be turning from your sin and running. It, if, if it comes to that, it will be because you want it to come to that. It will be a relationship between you and the creator of this universe. And the creator of this universe cares about how you're doing today and wants to hang out with you. That's the reality of it. So by prayer, trying to talk to the higher power and meditation, just thinking about the higher power, um, those things will really help you get to your emotions. And you can even just talk to God and say, God, I, I don't know what it feels like to be sad. I've never allowed myself to be sad. And I'm afraid to be sad. When I'm sad next time, will you help me just feel it? And that's, that's how it will go. Um, talk to other people. Has anybody used journaling, 12-step groups, or prayer and meditation? Anybody that you see living around you that seems to have it all together, ask them if they've tried any of those methods, and you'll be surprised that they will give you a thumbs up. In everything we do, fear and criticism may be there to greet us. So fear will chain us up emotionally, and it stops most of us from ever stepping outside our comfort zone. And if we're not outside our comfort zone, we're not ever going to realize our potential. 
Your potential for this world, what you can do to impact other people in this world is chained by your fear. Please open up because we need your gifts and talents in this world. Our world is suffocating and we're dying of loneliness. And yet we're all here together, just afraid to be who we were meant to be. So fear hits us um, in our instinct to be secure. Those instincts we talked about earlier, one of them is for security, both material security, uh, emotional security, and physical security. So when, when those instincts are threatened, we react. Criticism hits us in those instincts too, because we have an instinct to belong. We were meant to be one in a community. That is how the human species is going to survive. We need to work together. So when others speak badly about us or judge us, our social instinct, that instinct for community goes on alert. We want them to like us. We want to belong. We're created to be with them. But criticism can affect another instinct too. Our security instinct is calling for emotional safety. So when we're on the outside of a relational peace, we can feel emotionally unsafe. I get why you stopped feeling it. Those sound scary. When your instincts are threatened, your desire to survive will rise up and make a solution. All I'm saying is your solution is hurting you more than the thing causing the fear. The solution to pull back and hold in and stay to yourself is going to hurt you more. So because fear and criticism are always going to be there in some form, be ready to choose to move through it. Be ready when you're not feeling it. Talk to yourself about it. Journal about it. Go to a 12-step meeting. Talk about it. Pray about it. Meditate about it. Ask God to help you when it comes. Help me be ready. No matter what you're doing, show up every day and do what you were meant to do and don't let things like criticism or, or fear hinder you. The negative forces are not right. They're just opinions. They're just outlooks and they're not true. Remember what I said about limited beliefs? Other people have them too. And they, they talk about them as if they're very true, but that doesn't make them true. You're the only one who will know truth and you'll know it at your innermost source. When you're connecting with that higher power, if you're right on, you'll feel it. You'll know it in your spirit nature. You will. And once you trust yourself to know truth when you hear it, you will be able to navigate emotions and challenge old ideas. At Beth Wee, we say a lot, speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. What does that mean? It means the more you stand up to these negative forces, the more you'll flex your courage and resilience, and you will come out stronger for it. But if you decide to reject vulnerability and keep your armor in place, one of the downsides is that you, you can never be satisfied with progress. When you reject vulnerability, you are aiming for perfection. And, and people are harsh judges. If you're aiming for perfection, you will judge yourself harshly. 
you will drive yourself to live a perfect life, to look perfect, to act perfect, so that you can avoid shame and judgment. It is so much easier to just learn how to deal with the judgment of other people than to try to avoid it for the rest of your life. Because perfectionism isn't about growth, improvement, personal achievement. It's about fear. It's about avoidance. Let me repeat that. Perfectionism is not about personal achievement. It's about fear and avoidance. You should really be focused on recognizing your gifts and talents and using those to be the best version of yourself despite your flaws. The final and perhaps most important lesson of all is that you dare to be yourself whatever the cost. Okay, let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt goofy? When you felt goofy, did you show it? Did you, not your emotions, like you're goofy. But remember, emotions are neither right nor wrong. They're wonderful indicators of what's going on in our world and how we might respond. Goofy is making jokes, giggling with friends. Goofy is doing a little dance number when nobody else is dancing. Um, goofy is a normal emotion and it comes out of joy. But if the only emotions you're allowing are anger and fear, you're never going to get to goofy. Fear is also a normal emotion. Like goofiness, it's not a statement about who you are. It's a feeling. Just because you did the little dance doesn't mean you are a goof. It means that you felt goofy in that moment. And just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're a coward or that you're less than. It means you feel fear in this moment. Don't label yourself by your feelings. They are constantly changing and they are not a, an appropriate definition of who you are. Feelings never go away. No matter how hard you try to avoid them, run from them, bury them, whatever it is. If you choose instead to face them with courage and confidence that your authentic self can handle those feelings that they were given to you as gifts from creation for your betterment, that you can overcome many problems through listening to the emotional response you have to them, and that your relationships can grow and blossom when you speak your truth about how you feel. When you can get to that place with your feelings, the loss that you've been running from, is going to be smaller. You are able to look with hope toward the future. You are able to know that loss can become a stepping off point to start a new time in your life. If your loss is really severe and you're really struggling with it right now, maybe this next phase is where you learn to depend more deeply on your higher power. Because your higher power wants you to dare to be yourself in all your glory, your strengths, your skills, your beauty, as well as your flaws, uh, your insecurities. Those are all part of who you really are. And that's where the strength of spirit can come to face any opposition, even loss. Transformation doesn't just happen. 
It takes a plan and a support system. So find yours. Find your plan. Find your support system. Recognize your struggle doesn't separate you. It connects you to other people that have gone through that struggle or who are going through that struggle. Go find them. Connect with them. In the first uh, podcast, I told you to listen to a, to watch a movie by Pixar called Up. And the main character in that was a man named Carl who was going through uh, a, a loss, a period of loss. And he had decided to sit on his front porch and just wait to die because he couldn't imagine being hurt again. And what happened is that Carl's life changed because a person came into his life and said that she saw success in him. And somehow he realized there was more for him to do. And he started to do stuff. That's right, just do stuff. Uh, what about you? Are you in the relationship that's suffering because of your Teflon coating? Consider this. Life is going to bring circumstances that hurt. Job situations change. People and pets become ill and die. Relationships end. The common denominator of living is that change is constant. Every person on this planet is dealing with that. The issue at hand is how will you let go of the fear of being hurt again so that you can open your mind and your heart to those other people that are suffering just like you are? Does resistance really help? You've been avoiding pain. Are you not experiencing pain anymore because you've been avoiding it? Or is your chosen life actually causing the pain? Is it possible that living in fear is living in pain? <laughs> I mean, that which you seek to avoid is the material with which you build the wall around your heart. So fear is the brick and mortar that you think is going to keep you afraid from pain and fear. What if you opened yourself up and overcame the phenomenon of loss that turned into fear. First things first, let others know you're struggling with being vulnerable. An important step towards showing more vulnerability is letting people know that you struggle with it. You can say, I'm not really good at talking, or I'm not really comfortable sharing my emotions yet, but I think I'm feeling this. Um, let them know that you're aware that it's important for you to share your emotional vulnerability and that you'll do your best, but you're not very practiced at it. Let them know that you're trying. And then the next thing, when they ask you how you are, tell them the truth. Honesty is a big part of vulnerability. We're all used to hiding our feelings. The standard, the standard answer to how are you is fine. In recovery circles, that has that's an acronym, and it's not a good one. <laughs> um, if you're talking with someone you don't know well, it's okay to answer fine. But when you're in a relationship with someone that you want to know better, try to be a little more honest. If you're feeling great, tell them and tell them why. If you're feeling low but you can't put your finger on why, tell them that. 
being honest with something as insignificant as how you are will pave the way for greater honesty in the relationship. If you can tell them you're having a bad day and you realize that you're not being judged by them, your confidence in them will start to grow. You will realize that they might be safe. The next thing is to be honest with yourself. There's no way you're going to be able to share the inner workings of your mind with someone else if you can't be honest with yourself. So we're generally pretty successful at con convincing ourselves, you know, whatever the front we're putting up is real. Journaling, again, it's an amazing way to figure out how you really feel. Let your feelings come out onto a page in a stream of consciousness, not worrying about words, grammar, you know, try to just let it pour. Um, I'll be honest, journaling changed my life. So I really, I really talk to people about it. I think it's a, a real a gift of wholeness and health. And what about the higher power? Are you avoiding that relationship? Are you afraid of that relationship? Do the steps we just talked about. Tell the higher power you're struggling with being vulnerable to him. When you talk to God, tell God the truth. He can take it. Be honest with yourself too. Look at your history. Are you blaming the higher power for things that people did? And maybe those people said they were followers of the higher power. Don't blame God for the stuff other people did. Check the record. Clean up your side of the street and then be honest. Journaling will help. Write a letter to God to get the conversation started. Look at others around you that seem to be happy in their relationship with God and ask them how they did it. Being vulnerable to God is an experience you don't want to miss. Um, you know that second border collie I told you about in the first uh, episode of this podcast, Risa 2? I chose again. I decided not to resist the feelings of joy that she evoked in me just to keep myself safe. I loved her for 16 long years before she too left this planet. I would love to take credit for this, but it was her. She would not let me avoid interaction. She'd sneak up on me and plant herself. She'd wait for me to tell her something, no matter how many others were willing to be her master. She longed for my touch, and I found myself petting her unwittingly. She'd stayed in the right place, and she waited me out. She was as much my dog as her previous namesake. Life is better with intimacy. Intimacy involves risk and vulnerability. A hard heart won't allow those two expressions. Yes, there will be loss when there is intimacy. There will be loss, but you can navigate it. You do not have to do it alone. Some of you are old enough to remember a song by Simon and Garfunkel where the lyrics cry out, I am a rock, I am an island, and a rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. Oh my gosh, what a sad way to live. Feelings. It all comes back to feelings. Will you allow your box to be empty or not? Feel your feelings when they happen. Then you will be able to convert fear of loss into joyful possibility. That's it for this podcast. We'll talk again soon.
It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWE.com, a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.